From the brains behind Brains On, it's Smash Boom Best. The show for people with big opinions. Hi, I'm Molly Bloom, and this is Smash Boom Best, the show where we take two things, smash them together, and ask you to decide which one is best. Today's debate stars some roaring flora. It's Redwoods versus Prickly Pears. We've got actor, writer, and creator of internet phenomenon Jews Love Trees, Tobin Mitnick, here to rage for Redwoods. This is no tall tale. We're taking it to great new heights with the tree MVP, the Redwood. <laughs> and comedian, writer, and actress Becky Abrams here to make some pointed arguments in favor of prickly pears. An apple a day keeps the doctor away, while a prickly pear keeps him gone for a year. <laughs> <laughs> and here to judge it all, we've got Elizabeth from New York, New York. This year, she was named the New York City Poet Laureate. She competed in the 2018 National Spelling Bee, and she pulled a fire alarm in first grade because she'd never heard one before, and she wanted to know what it sounded like. Hi, Elizabeth. Hey, Molly. Wow, the prickly pear poem, um, the little couplet. I, I'm i almost a little bit biased, but it's okay. Um, I'll try it. Uh, I'm just teasing. I have no opinions until we start the debate. Excellent. I'm Lost sure Tobin already. could bust out a rhyme if he needed to. Just to just to clarify with everybody, that didn't rhyme, Becky. <laughs> I forced it to, so it did. And keep it gone for a year. Yar. So, Creative liberty. <laughs> so speaking of poetry, Elizabeth, I hear you wrote a haiku inspired by the showdown. Would you mind sharing it with us? Yeah, I would love to. Um, this haiku is untitled, but it's about redwoods and prickly pears, so I'm pretty sure you can guess what the theme is. <laughs> Two woods diverged in a road, one red, more tower than wood, one prickly, more pear than tree. Oh, now I know why you are the New York City Poet Laureate. Very, very impressive. What is your favorite type of poetry to write? Or does you write all kinds? Hmm. Ooh, that's an interesting question. I would say free verse, free verse poetry. Um, I used to be really into rhyming. I started poetry when I was seven, so I used to rhyme a bunch. Um, and I was also an aspiring um, Swifty. So, of course, <laughs> I wanted to make it like song lyrics. Um, but now I just prefer writing in free verse. Sometimes I like to format it sort of like a paragraph and use dashes in between and play around with the form a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just um, sort of um, experiment with form. That's really cool. So it didn't, it didn't really bother you that Becky's poem didn't rhyme? <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> to go back to our debate topic today, what do you know about redwoods? Have you ever seen one? I know that they're—California is famous for them, and they're in a lot of national parks, and they're extremely tall, I think, like, upwards of, like, 200 feet. And the reason— that they're called redwoods is because it has sort of a reddish tint. It's not like crimson, but it is a little bit red. And I know that prickly pears aren't pears. They're cacti. And I was actually, I was shopping um, for room decorations the other day, um, and I decided to adopt a plant. And so I looked at prickly pears. They seem pretty cute. So I don't know, maybe I'll get a prickly pear too. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. I know you're going to be an excellent judge. So will Elizabeth be taken by tremendous trees or persuaded by super cool cacti? There's no telling. Elizabeth, are you ready to judge this thing? Yes. Yes, I am. 
All right, then let's review the rules of the game. Round one is the Declaration of Greatness, where our debaters present fact-filled arguments in favor of their side, and each will have 30 seconds to rebut their opponent's statements. Then we've got the Micro Round, where each team will present a creative response to a prompt they received in advance. Round three is the Sneak Attack, where our debaters will have to respond to an improv challenge on the spot. And to wrap it all up, we've got the Final Six, where each team will have just six words to sum up the glory of their side. Our judge Elizabeth will award two points in the first round, one for her favorite rebuttal, the other for the declaration she liked best. She'll award one point in each round after that, but she'll keep her decisions top secret until the end of the debate. Listeners, we want you to judge too. Mark down your points as you listen. At the end of the show, head to our website, smashboom.org, and vote for whichever team you think won. Okay, Elizabeth, Tobin, and Becky, are you ready? Ready as I'll ever Woo! be. Redwood ready. <laughs> then it's time for the... Declaration of Greatness. We flipped a coin, and Tobin, you're up first. Tell us why Redwoods are rad. I can't believe I'm finally on my way to see Hyperion, the world's tallest living tree. And hang on. Yes! I'm in range of my favorite radio station. Let's see what's on. You're listening to Forest Radio, 88.3 FM. Hey, 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 folks. Woody Barkley here to announce the winner of our tremendous top ten. And the winner is... Redwoods! Yeah, baby! These trees are off the charts! Redwoods can grow up to 379 feet tall. That's 10 school buses stacked end to end. Redwood bark is mega. It can be a foot thick. That tough bark comes in handy as protection from forest fires, which redwoods actually need. Wait, what? Well, get this, a fire burns off dead leaves and shrubs on the ground, which makes room for new redwood saplings to grow. These giant trees take hundreds of years to reach full growth, and they can live up to 2,000 years. No rain? No problem. Redwoods can collect water from the sweet, sweet coastal California fog through tiny openings on their needles. Talk about thirsty. And last but not least, folks, redwoods help fight global warming. Too much carbon dioxide in the air warms the planet. But coast redwoods can store more carbon dioxide than any other tree in the world. They keep that junk in their trunks. We have a winner, everybody. Give it up for redwoods! Yes! I knew it! But really, what other tree? You're listening to Forest Radio. 88.3 FM. And we're back with Habitattle Tales, your source for the lowdown on forest living. I'm Owl Roker, and this week we ask Redwoods, are they worth the rent? On the line now is Bertram Banana Slug. Bert, you're on the air. Hey, thanks so much, Owl. I gotta tell you, the ground floor habitat in a redwood forest is primo real estate. It stays cool and dark and wet so I don't get crisp to the summer heat. All my favorite foods are within oozing distance, and I can easily hide so I don't get munched. It's the tops! I mean, I, I mean the bottom. At the bottom of the tree. It's the bottom of the tree. Excellent stuff, Bertie. 
Thanks for calling in. Stay slimy, my dude. Next on the line is Solomon the Wandering Salamander. Saul, you're on the air. Hey, oh, listen, so redwood branches carry these amazing mats of moss and soil. I can be nice and high up in the tree so I can feel that beautiful fog on my skin, but I can also feel secure with the moss under my toes, you know? It's dope. You're living the dream, Saul. Turns out redwoods are great homes for lots of animals. We now turn it over to that mellow fellow, Holland Oaks, for your daily walk in the woods. Welcome to A Walk in the Woods. I am your host, Holland Oaks. A redwood forest is a cool, tranquil place where the warbling birds harmonize with the babbling streams. Among these forest giants, there are smaller redwoods, pale in color. These ghost redwoods were mysterious until recent research showed that their wood was full of toxic chemicals drawn in from the soil around them. Now scientists believe that these trees store harmful chemicals to keep their fellow trees healthy. In return, the healthy trees feed the ghost redwoods a supply of sugar to keep them going. Balance, tranquility, nourishment. We can all take a lesson from the redwoods. Come. Follow me into the trees. Holland, don't mind if I do. Hyperion, let's do this. A transporting declaration of greatness. I felt like I was there. Elizabeth, what stood out to you about Tobin's argument for Redwoods? I mean, I enjoy the versatility of opinions, and um, especially the Holland Oaks. Um, I could fall asleep listening to his voice. Um, (laughs) And I didn't know that they were so um, effective at combating global warming. And, you know, um, climate justice is something that's really important to me and also in general. So, you know, points for that. All right. Becky, it's time for your rebuttal. Poke some holes in Tobin's arguments. You've got 30 seconds, and your time starts now. Okay, first of all, uh, it sounds like redwoods create cool, dark, wet environments. Wow, my three favorite kinds of environments. Disgusting. Um, (laughs) They fight global warming. I would love them to fight a little bit harder. We're losing this war. And finally, what is big, old, and red besides a redwood tree? I don't know, Clifford the geriatric dog? Maybe my mom's 1998 Chrysler minivan? Or maybe Andre the Giant's gym shorts? That's what I got. <laughs> and time. <laughs> I came in early. <laughs> Succinct. I'm, I'm so proud of you for getting an Andre the Giant reference back. That's so, um, I did that for you. <laughs> I know. All right, Becky, let's hear what else you have to say. Tell us why prickly pear cactus are the pinnacle of perfection. <sighs> the desert. It's rough. Too hot for most plants during the day. Too cold at night. You have to be super tough to survive out here, and I don't know, I don't think I can... Wait. 
In the distance, is that the prickly pear oasis? <gasps> prickly pear cacti are tough, desert-loving plants that look like a cloud of green ping-pong paddles covered in spikes. They thrive in dry, warm climates like the Southwest, but they can also be found in places like the West Indies, the Mediterranean, and even Canada. You can eat their red fruit, called tuna in Spanish, as well as their green nopales, or pads, if you remove their prickers. They're known for being culinary delights, superheroes of healing, and miracle survivors. Come on, I'll show you. Ah, here we are at the oasis, surrounded by prickly pear cacti. Plenty of regulars around these parts grabbing some shade and a bite to eat. You've got iguanas. The inside of my mouth is so tough, I eat the spikes. Kangaroo rats. You know, uh, we're not really kangaroos. The hometown hero, Prickly Pear Island Snail. We're only 10 millimeters long. And beetles. We love to eat the pretty red fruit. The cochineal beetles are my favorite. They're round little bugs that eat the prickly pear's red fruit. Humans have been harvesting these bugs and using them to make red dye for over 600 years. You can find the dye in everything from ketchup to lipstick to rugs, and these little buggos wouldn't be red at all if they didn't snack on prickly pear tunas. Turns out tunas aren't just yummy snacks for beetles. Humans eat them too, and they have a ton of health benefits. I talked with an expert to find out more. My name is Felicia Kokotzin Ruiz, and I'm an author and a curandera. A curandera is a traditional healer from Spain or Latin America, and they know all about the healing powers of the prickly pear cactus. I always tell people this is one of the best plants that they can eat to help with their digestion and, and get more fiber in their body. And it's also full of antioxidants. So it's a really good plant that you can eat that has a lot of vitamins and minerals and things that are just like really good for your overall health. Because of its high levels of antioxidants and vitamins and minerals and stuff, scientists say prickly pear cactus might be helpful for treating various diseases like diabetes, obesity, skin wounds, cardiovascular disease, and even cancer. Not only are prickly pear cacti healers, they're miracle survivors. They store water in their leaves and photosynthesize at night, which makes them specially designed to survive climate change. The hotter it is, the more plants need to hang on to all the water they can. So cacti wait until nighttime to open up the tiny holes in their leaves to collect carbon dioxide. In a world that's getting hotter and hotter every year, plants that can thrive in the desert are king. I don't know about you, but at this point, I'd like to try a prickly pear myself. It sounds magical, but how does it taste? And will it cure my every ailment? Only one way to find out, a taste test. I like to taste foods I've never encountered before, and prickly pear seems like a wild ride. I just received some prickly pear candy as a gift from my friend Lee. So here goes nothing. Ooh, it's a beautiful color. It's a giant square dipped in sugar. It looks divine. I'm registering a very light smell and now the taste. Yummy! That's so good. It tastes like strawberry and watermelon combined. 
Like if Mixed Berry were actually super duper good and not just Mixed Berry. No offense to Mixed Berry heads out there. Prickly Pear is delicious. And how does it make me feel? Well, mm, I feel like the king of the plants. Ooh, a delicious declaration of greatness right there. Elizabeth, what stood out to you about Becky's argument? Well, as someone who enjoys food, um, I enjoyed the part at the end with the taste test. And also just that it is found in the Southwest America and Canada. That's really cool. I don't know if Redwood can say that. I don't think there's a Redwood in Alaska. Um, but I uh, I, um, I also enjoy that. Shots fired. I can hear Tobin seething in the background. Um, seething. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just absorbing. No, I'm just listening, absorbing, listening, absorbing. Okay, Tobin, it's time for your rebuttal. You've got 30 seconds to crush Becky's declaration, and your time starts now. Okay. Well, first of all, and, you know, Becky's arguments, I mean, they sounded like a bunch of, you know, caca to me. So um, <clears throat> the first thing I want to talk about is is the question of, of climate change. And if we're talking about carbon storage and carbon sequestering, redwoods do more of it than any other tree on the planet. I don't think that prickly pears can say the same thing. Sorry, prickly pears. So we need to protect as many redwoods as possible. Also, uh, Becky, isn't it true that prickly, prickly pears are considered invasive in some of the places that they've spread to? I believe in Australia, they out outlawed uh, the, the planting of and prickly pears at some time. point. Oh, no, I had like five more. <gasps> Terrible. <laughs> 30 seconds goes by quickly. Uh, fair points. Very fair points. I'm going to have to look up that carbon storage and get back to you. <laughs> All right, Elizabeth, it's time to award some points. You're going to give one point to the declaration of greatness you liked best and one point to the most compelling rebuttal. You get to decide what makes a winning argument. Did one side win you over with their razor-sharp arguments? Did another make you laugh big time? The criteria is up to you. Both points could go to the same person or each person could get one point. Award your points, but don't tell us who they're going to. Have you made your decision? Yes. Excellent. Tobin and Becky, how are you feeling so far? I've never been more confident, Molly. <laughs> Just, I'm chilling out. It's like I'm looking down from 30,000 feet over here. And I'm so riding high on that delicious prickly pear flavor. <laughs> mm. All right, well, mm. it's time for a quick break. <laughs> Let's take a second to nosh on some nopales or breathe deep beneath the redwood. And we'll be right back with more Smash Boom Fest. You're watching State of Debate, home to rage and rhetoric and awe-inspiring argumentation. Bzz, bzz. It's me, Todd Douglas, hanging out with my number one debate dudette, Taylor Lincoln. Hey there, busy bees. Have we got a logical fallacy for you? Logical fallacies are debate mistakes that sting. And today we're talking about the straw man fallacy. It's when you take what another person said and blow it way out of proportion. Let's head on over to my grandma's garden and listen to this bumblebee's fallacy fumble. Mm, these black-eyed Susans are my favorite flower. They have the best nectar. They're way more tasty than those petunias over there. You think petunias are terrible flowers? That's not what I said. You probably think snapdragons are terrible too. Oh, I I'm just saying. So you hate all flowers except black-eyed Susans. Okay, I see what kind of bee you are. Bzz, bzz, 
boo. That bee didn't listen to their friend. And they exaggerated what their friend was saying. Y'all just saw a straw man fallacy in action. Don't do it, friends. Respond to what your opponent is actually saying. Otherwise, you'll seem like a blustering meanie, and your argument will be easy to tear apart. That's all for now. We'll catch you next time on State State of of Debate. listening to Smash Boom Best. I'm your host, Molly Bloom. And I'm your judge, Elizabeth. So, Elizabeth, how is it going? Are you enjoying the debate so far? Oh, yeah, this is riveting. Um, I really, I love the different presentation forms. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's like, um, are you guys all theater? I, you guys give me theater kids vibes. Uh, oh, Elizabeth, <laughs> are we all theater kids? Good guess. <laughs> theater kids unite. <laughs> Before we jump back in, I want to showcase an awesome debate suggestion from one of our listeners. Check out this epic idea we got from Ben in Columbia, Maryland. My idea for debate is tape versus glue. Now that's an idea that could get stuck in your head. We'll check back with Ben at the end of the episode to see which side he thinks should win. And now it's back to today's debate. Redwoods versus prickly pears. That's right. And it's time for round two. The... Micro round. Today's micro round challenge is In a World. We asked you to pick a movie genre, thriller, romance, mystery, and write a trailer for your side in that style. Tobin went first last time, so Becky, you're up. Let's hear your movie trailer for Prickly Pears. Tom Ado had it all. President of his garden, captain of the vegetable team, and dating Lily Pad, the most popular plant in school. That is, until she dumped him for Douglas Fir. Douglas is so cool. He's like evergreen. In order to save his reputation, Tom's taken on an impossible bet. You've got one week to turn prickly pear into the most popular plant at Flora High. Prickly pear? But she's got spikes and hangs out with bugs and lizards. With one week till senior palm, Tom's got his work cut out for him. I don't care about popularity. I'd rather develop new types of biofuel that help cut pollution than sit around vegging out. Hey, Prickly, you do photosynthesize at night, right? Yeah. Do you think you could teach me to do that? But like, on a date tonight? Dang, dude. Prickly's looking sharp. She's cooler than I ever imagined. Did you know oil pressed from her seeds can help fight skin infections? How is she more popular than me? It's time to put a stop to this. Hey, Prickly, you know everyone thinks you're a joke, right? Your spikes make you look like a medieval torture device. It's so sad. Is that what you all think of me? I knew I shouldn't trust a bouquet of jerks like you. Wait, Prickly, you're still going to senior palm with me, right? Looks like it only took a week for Tom Ado to figure out Prickly's all that. (laughs) (laughs) I would definitely watch that movie. Major high school rom-com vibes. That was so good, Becky. Tobin, it's your turn. Convince us to watch Redwood's next hot flick. At the top of the tallest tree in the world. 
I'm so happy we're climbing Hyperion, Jimmy. Me too, Jojo. All 380 feet of it. Yeah, this is cool. Someone is taking evil to new heights. You know what? I'm sick and tired of being the friendliest squirrel in the Redwood Forest. Let's play a little game called Chew Through the Ropes of the Unsuspecting Tourists. <laughs> hey, whoa. Not Mr. Henry Squirrel. Someone help us. Help. We're in the tree. Help. Someone whoa, whoa. help us. Help us. There's only one man who can save them. Bruce Clymer, we need your help. It says here you're ex-National Forest Special Forces. Hyperion, eh? <laughs> That's one tall drink of water-absorbing stomata. But I'm too old for a mission like this. Mr. Clymer, it's your daughter up there. Consider that squirrel roadkill. Papa's coming, Jojo. But it won't be easy. This evil squirrel is leafing nothing to chance. You use a helicopter? I drop them. Dad! Hang tight, Jojo. Dad, come save us. Jimmy, for the last time, just because you're dating my daughter doesn't make me your dad. Let's see how you like a rain of redwood cones, climber. <laughs> Don't worry. I got you. Looks like you're barking up the wrong tree, Climber. Fact is, you glorified squeak toy, I don't bark, I bite. This Arbor Day, adventure takes root in the new movie, Hyperion. Whew, I'm on the edge of my seat. Unhinged squirrel villain. Whew, very, very good. I hope you guys know I'm carrying through with the screenwriting of this exact film now. <laughs> I- <laughs> I'll have to whittle it down from its current 493 pages. But. <laughs> so, Elizabeth, what stood out to you about Becky and Tobin's trailers? I thought Becky's was sweet. And if I could give points for puns, I would give a lot um, to <laughs> Becky. And also, I, I just like the name, like the names themselves were just amazing. And um, oh my God, I'm blushing. Yeah, I. I, I want, like, there to be, like, a scene at the end where, like, Prickly Pear realizes uh, her true worth and, like, I don't know, stabs someone with one of her cactus needles. <laughs> um, uh, and also, Hyperion is just a really cool name. I, I No, I like the, like, the variety of characters and also the Squirrel Fellow seems like a very, very interesting villain. And I'm hoping he gets a redemption arc because, um, you know, like, the only thing better than a villain is an antihero. Well, in the Hyperion trilogy that Tobin is now writing, I'm sure there'll be yeah, plenty sorry. of time. Oh, it's a quadrology. A it's a quadrology. <laughs> Tetralogy. <Yes. laughs> All right, Elizabeth, it's time to award a point. Again, the criteria is up to you. Does someone make a trailer of a movie you really want to see? Did they drop some facts in there? Did they make you laugh? Have you made your decision? Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Then it's time for our third round, the super stealthy <laughs> sneak attack. Your sneak attack is sentence by sentence. This challenge requires a little teamwork. Tobin and Becky, we want you to build a story together, and it has to involve both of your sides. You'll each get three sentences to build the story from the ground up, and you'll go back and forth taking turns sentence by sentence until the story is done, except we only have six sentences to finish that story. Does that make sense? Sure. Yes, indeed. Okay, Becky went first last time, so Tobin, you get to start. Treat us to the first sentence of this fabulous tale. The other day I was walking through the woods 
And the funniest thing happened. I saw a redwood in front of me. But the redwood had a face, and the face was looking at me and going like, get a load of this guy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Period. (laughs) As you can probably tell, I was weirded out. So I looked at the redwood, and I said, look, I know I look weird to you, but you look weird to me because you're a face on a tree. It was at that moment that we reached an impasse. (laughs) We weren't going to change our minds on each other. So what we did was we spent the afternoon just kind of talking and getting to know each other. And it turns out the redwood with a face on it is pretty cool. We were having such a good time that the weird redwood face decided to take a prickly pear that he had previously made a delicious, refreshing tropical drink out of and split it with me. He said, I don't need all of it. I imbibed. (laughs) And boy, oh boy, was it the most delicious flavor I have ever encountered in my entire life. The redwood with a weird face on it agreed that this was truly the king of all plants, the prickly pear. <laughs> oh, wow. The end. <laughs> wow, that was amazing. Te- a tale of friendship and teamwork. Very, very beautiful. Just as beautiful as Becky and Tobin's real life friendship. Elizabeth, it's time to award your fourth point. Have you made your decision? Yes. Then it's time for our final round. The final six. Becky, you've got just six more words to persuade Elizabeth that your cacti are captivating. Survival of the fittest and spikiest. (laughs) Tobin, it's your last chance to branch out and convince Elizabeth that the redwood is king. Redwood? I would. (laughs) So would you. Wow. Wow. Two excellent final sixes. Okay, Elizabeth, it's time to award a point for this final round. Elizabeth, have you awarded a point for the final six? Yes, I have. And then have you tallied up the points, and are you ready to dub one team the Smash Room best? This is so close. Okay, I'm going to do a drum roll. Please, please, please. please. I never wanted something so bad. And the winner is... Is Redwoods. Aww. All I want is to feel this way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woo. All right, Redwoods. Bring All it right. on, baby. All right. That's I just fair. spiked that ball in the end zone. So, Elizabeth, was there a moment that decided things to you? Like, what really put Redwoods over the top? I, uh, the six words. That mm. was, <laughs> like, out of all the puns, that was, that was pun of the best. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow, well done. Becky, I loved how you took what on the surface is an, an incredibly difficult underdog position, but what you chose to do was make a comic meal out of it. Tobin, wow. My friend, my brother, my rock. That movie uh, trailer that you did was by far the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. <laughs> it was Taken meets some sort of forest movie. Um, I love the line, Papa's coming, Jojo. I wrote down lines from your trailer. So I was super impressed by just how fun that was. And um, I'm astounded at how much I want that to become a real movie. So please do write it. Okay, I'm on page 700 right now. I've been writing during our entire debate. Excellent. 
And that's it for today's debate battle. Elizabeth crowned Redwoods the Smash Boom best, but what about you? Head to smashboom.org and vote to tell us who you think won. Smash Boom Best is brought to you by Brains On and APM Studios. It's produced by Molly Bloom, Rosie DuPont, and Ruby Guthrie. We had engineering help from Jess Berg, Gary O'Keefe, and Charlton Thorpe. Our editors are Shayla Farzan and Sandin Totten. And we had production help from Anna Goldfield, Mark Sanchez, Anna Weggel, and Nico Gonzalez-Whistler. Our executive producer is Beth Perlman, and the APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavadi, Alex Schaffer, and Joanne Griffith. Our announcer is Marley Foyerworker Otto, and we want to give a special thanks to Brant Miller, Eric Gringham, Andy Doucette, Ryan Perez, Austin Cross, Taylor Kaufman, Jeff Cook, and Alex Simpson. Tobin, is there anyone you'd like to give a shout-out to today? Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to two people. The first one I want to give a shout-out to is Anna, who helped me craft an amazing declaration of greatness. Thank you so much, Anna. And also my daughter, Lucy, who's going to see the Redwoods for the first time next week. So that's going to be freaking awesome. Amazing. How about you, Becky? Any thanks or shout-outs? Well, you know, mine just got taken. I was going to shout out Lucy as well, Tobin's beautiful daughter, but now I'll take the opportunity to shout out all of the little kids that I babysit and am related to. I love you guys so much. And Elizabeth, how about you? Any special thanks? Uh, Well, first of all, you guys for inviting me on the podcast. Um, Thank you so much. And second, I I would like to thank my family, um, blood and found family, um, because they're awesome and um, they give good hugs and I love hugging people. Apparently, like, eight hugs a day is the required amount, like, to keep you happy. And so this is a reminder to go hug somebody. Aw, I love that. That's the best way to end this episode. But before we go, we have one more thing to do. Let's check in with Ben and see who he thinks would win his tape versus glue debate. I think tape would win because it doesn't need to dry and glue needs to dry. Do you have an idea for a knockdown dragout debate? Head to smashboom.org and tell us about it. We'll be back with a new debate battle next week. I think my favorite part was that the Redwood was a character and the prickly pear just gets eaten. (laughs) 